Lincoln, formerly 60 president of the United States, now the co-host of your podcast, 15 Minutes with Lincoln, and also a comedy writer at the Huckabee Show. Hey, listen, I'm not going to be able to make the recording tonight for the podcast. I'm in a bit of a bind. Actually, not so much a bind as a trunk, it seems, of some sort of old uh, pickup truck that's got this um, uh, this cover on it, so I guess I'm in the bed of a pickup truck, as you would say. Anyway, Timothy, I'm not so sure about my location. I'm Somewhere outside of Memphis, we've been we've been driving for an hour. I, I finally got uh, my hands free so I could reach my phone. Uh, you know the 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 copy of the phone that you have uh, uh, that I thought you were giving to me. That's a kind of callback to an earlier episode, I guess. But um, uh, you know the phone that your father pays for. Uh, for you and for me. Anyway, I got a cop. I got I got, I got my hands free and I, I got to call you and uh, you didn't pick up. Um, but I, I'm not so much worried about the recording tonight as I am um, uh, my my whereabouts. You see, um, I, I mentioned last week on the podcast that I was setting up a meeting for the folks who were interested in forming a writers union for the Huckabee Show, and we were meeting under the underpass, uh, one of um, uh, the 57 interstate underpasses, the second one outside of Memphis, and we were meeting at 3 a.m., and I was there, and I was waiting, and as you know, the this you've helped me see that the writing staff has been a little bit, um, I won't say mistreated, but yeah, you know what, I'm going to say mistreated. Now that I'm sitting here in the back of this pickup truck, and there's uh, it covered in, in mud, and uh, yes, we've been mistreated, and we demand better. We work long hours at the Huckabee Show, and we do really great work. This week we had Marcus Collins, we had Pierce Chanda, we had uh, Pastor Bill Robinson, we had uh, uh, comedy from Delmont Bluestone, we had um, magic from Tommy Harley, we had the... Um, uh, Southern Chef Ray Nathan Wilbur. We had Jethro Washington, plus musical guest the Tennessee Tenors, and um, uh, more comedy from uh, Governor Cody Wayne Dwayne, who yes is both a governor and a comedian, because just like the Huckabee. Uh, but of course, the camera stayed on Huckabee the whole time while uh, gov- while uh, Governor Cody Wayne Dwayne uh, told jokes. Uh, we do really good work setting up the show for all of these acts, and that you know. Um, we, we deserve to be treated better, and I remain resolute in that fact. We put on a show every week, and we get some banger guests, like I just listened, listed, like like uh, Pierce Chanda. And I just think we deserve more than two 15-minute breaks in minimum wage, and so that's why I set up this union meeting. And I was there, and I was waiting, and it got to 3, 3.15, 3.20, and no one showed up. And then finally, um, this, uh, this black... Uh, a luxury car showed up with the pickup truck behind it, and uh, who who should step out of the back seat of the luxury car? Well, first the chauffeur stepped out of the the luxury car, opened the back seat door, and who was there? But my boss Huckabee, and he steps out and he's eating a Sabaro pizza, and he says, "I knew it was you." And I said, "Oh, uh, uh, hello, boss." And he said, "I knew you were the troublemaker starting all this." Um, 
uh, this union nonsense. And I said, oh, listen, it's not nonsense. And we are very grateful for the jobs we have. We just think that the rules, and before I could totally explain myself, he said, listen, I'm not mad at you. And I said, you're not. And then uh, two of his daughters got out of the, the, the luxury car and then two of his daughters and two of his sons uh, got out of the pickup truck and as they all got out of the cars you could just feel the car and the trucks both like uh, breathe sighs of relief like you could actually see their suspensions lift a little bit that they were no longer carrying such heavy loads those fardels were no longer bared and they said that uh, they just wanted me to come with them for a little bit and I said okay uh, sure I did walk all the way out here to this underpass so you know a ride home might not be a terrible thing and they said well we're not necessarily going home first and I should have ran then because I definitely could have outran them I really only would have to go for like three or four minutes before I'm pretty sure they would have exhausted their aerobic capacity but nonetheless I decided to get into the luxury car with them and it, it was a very tight squeeze because uh, there was a lot of people in the car and the people in the truck and uh, honestly I have more room here in the back of this pickup truck that is an aside first they took me to uh, a Walmart and it, you know and they said uh, look at this this is a business that's located in our home state of Arkansas it's pretty terrific isn't it and I said yeah you know I guess it is it's really great that I can go and buy Bisquick and ammunition in the same place that's not something that we necessarily were able to do so readily back in my day uh, they usually had to come from like separate people and he said yeah that's why the Walmart is so great but you know what Walmart doesn't have um, despite having everything there and I said um, uh, yeah I don't know like common sense gun purchase restrictions and they said no and I said uh, health insurance for their employees and they said bingo they don't have that union nonsense that's not what made America strong in the first place and that is not what's going to make the show with Huckabee uh, strong. And I said, absolutely, I understand that's your perspective. I just kind of disagree because, again, it's really not fair that we have to give you monologue jokes uh, on the spot in order to have permission to leave the building to go to the bathroom. I just think that's a little excessive. And then, nonetheless, um, is my phone still on? Okay, good. My phone's still on. Uh, boy, I really appreciate that your voicemail has, you know, such a nice limit. It's very accommodating for the story. So I will say, then we went to after the Walmart Um I said, okay, that's that's great. You know, I understand we have differences of opinion, but there's no need to try to intimidate me because, you know, I am an American and I do know my rights. And they said, oh, absolutely. No one's trying to intimidate you. Uh, that's the least thing. That's the last thing we're trying to do. In fact, yeah, here, uh, and then Huckabee um, told his driver and uh, we pulled up to his um, uh, his house, which is like a, he mentioned is like a $4 million home. And uh, he said, look at this home. And I said, yeah, it's pretty terrific. And he said, see, everyone in America could have this someday. And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, I've been back for a few years and my friend Timothy's been working really hard as like a copywriter and improviser. And like he just pretty much has like a studio apartment. And he said, well, you're yeah, that's because, you know, and he said some things about Tim, about you, Timothy, that I don't necessarily agree with. Just that, uh, you know, that you were indolent or, um, he, he, you, you know, or just uh but basically like a communist and I said well I don't know sir and he said listen every American is just going to be could be a millionaire someday if we could just get rid of all these restrictions regulations these red tapes the three R's as one of his sons piped in and then the, uh, the Huckabee shot his son a look and his son said sorry sir and uh, he didn't say anything else uh, the rest of the time and I said okay yeah that's great I the American dream that success is really important and one thing I have noticed since I've been back in your in you know, to the past, and that seems to kind of gloss over him that uh, from the past. But I was like, you know, that uh, it seems like you guys have really taken to heart this whole idea that um, 
the you know pursuit of happiness is equivocal to some sort of a financial pursuit. So the only thing that we kind of value is is being successful in a strictly monetary sense that we're all just encouraged to make as much money as possible and that's what gives our life meaning. And you can say all you want on your show, sir, about how like the left is always undermining our values because of their various cultural you know things that we make into quote unquote wars. But nonetheless, it seems like we've all kind of agreed that. Uh, greed is good and money is power and and that is what kind of replaced any sort of spirituality or civic duty or and anything else uh, that we you could possibly build a society around it it seems like america is just so hollowed out on the principle that we define our political participation by giving money or by spending money to boost the economy or to um, give donations to different super PACs or different candidates and to the point that we, you know, our money is freedom and time and all these things and we, we've we somehow made this and I, you know, uh, began to trail off as I noticed uh, his sons were sharpening very large sticks at the time. And uh, I said, oh, what's what's going on? Those sticks look pretty sharp and they're pretty large. And they were really panting and getting out of breath as they were as they were uh, sharpening the sticks. And eventually they kind of were like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. And they threw the sticks down and then they kind of left me alone a little bit outside with um, one of the daughters who just kind of was like staring at me. And I was like, OK, uh, this is a little weird. And then they came back from the garage on their four wheelers and uh, they all have four wheelers. So there's like six four wheelers. And then this time they have like those um those uh things you put uh like roast uh, marshmallows in like those metal things that you poke a you, you poke you, you don't really poke a fire because they're not even that hardy but just like marshmallows uh, uh roasters and they started poking me and they said get and i was like excuse me and they said get so on their four wheelers they're just crawling along really slowly they could probably walk faster but not for long because again they're limited aerobic capacities they started poking me and prodding me with these little marshmallow roaster things and they weren't really going to stab me but it was really uncomfortable so i kept walking and they kept walking me and walking me and they walked me down to this lake that they have on their property and uh, they have this uh, uh the uh, shoreline there and they keep poking me until i get into the, I'm, I'm poking and i'm like okay i'm in i'm in i'm halfway up into the water i'm, I'm waist up in the water and i'm there and then sure enough uh, they, the, the, um, Huckabees, they say, so what do you think? You still think you want to, uh, form a union? And I said, oh, that's a really weird thing to ask. You know, I, I, I think right now I have a really soggy bottom and I really would appreciate some dry britches. And they kind of chuckled and I said, oh, your britch is about to get even wetter. And I said, excuse me, what's that about? And then they, um, uh, took out, uh, a cooler and I was like, okay, are they drinking now? What is this? Uh, that was strapped to the back of one of their four-wheelers. And instead, the cooler was filled with firecrackers, which they threw at me. Uh, they would light and throw at me. One of the sons would forget to light them and throw at me. And um, I would say, okay, well, uh, that you know, I get it. There's a, there's a lot to process here. And, uh, you know... And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. So I was like, I forget this. So I, I, instead of having these firecrackers thrown at me, I swam to the other side of the lake. And by the time I reached the other side of the lake, I was fairly exhausted. Yeah, I'm not really conditioned to swimming. It's not really what I choose, you know, for my um, uh, aerobic activity. I'm, I'm kind of more of like a, a stationary bike kind of fellow. So nonetheless, I, and the whole night was pretty draining. I was already up really late. And this time, you know, it's almost dawn. Uh, this whole this whole theater has gone on for so long, and I I look up and I see um, uh, two sets of headlines pu- headlights pulling up to me on the on the this side of the, of the lake. And who would you expect it to be other than 
of course, it's the pickup truck and the luxury car, and they've got the marshmallow roasters, and I'm exhausted at this point. They throw me in the back of this truck, and Timothy, here I've been in the truck, and we've been driving and uh, all day, and I don't know where I am, and I don't know where I'm going, and I feel like what's happening is um, absolutely uh, wrong, and I, I feel like it's it's a if it's a um, what not just happening to me. It's not just a microcosm. In fact, it's probably more uh, an indictment on the whole uh, uh, state of America this, these days of the uh, exponential growth between the those that have and those that do not. And it seems Dickensian almost that this wealth gap has become such an irredeemable. Uh, a flaw in our, our national moral fa- fabric, and it's just been something that I doubt that I we're going to uh, f- solve and, and build this bridge to, to bridge this gap unless we stop worrying so much about making America pro-business and we start thinking about how to make a pro-worker and think about ways that we can protect ourselves. And sure, yes, sharing the wealth may sound like socialism, but there's a lot of ways that's that we could stand to be a little more fair and equitable in the, this country. And when you look back at the history recently, that the, the wealth gap wasn't this big. It's, it's only gotten this bigger. And what's happening to me is happening to union efforts or, or workers all over this country. I mean, maybe not literally. They're not actually having firecrackers thrown at them by you know, like six very obese adult children. But nonetheless, they uh, there are these... Worker intimidation is, is a very real phenomenon. And Timothy, if you get this voicemail, I want you to put this up on the podcast this week. I want everyone to know what's happening to me and think about ways that we can stop this from happening to other people. Oh, oh, oh okay, Tim, here's a text from Tim. It says, hey, buddy, not going to be able to do the podcast tonight. I actually got tickets to see a Gutfeld recording Going to go check out the show. Maybe we can just run one of our old episodes talking about the DCCW television universe or something. I don't know. Going to see if Gutfeld is looking for packets. Maybe I could get a job too. Haha. <laughs> anyway, hope you're doing well. Talk to you soon. Okay, Timothy, yeah. Um, well, I hope you have a great night at the Gutfeld show, and I hope you get a chance to listen to my voicemail. I don't know why. Um, I called like 15 minutes ago. You, if you, you could call back. You don't just have to send a text. That's just uh, a little... Um, oh. Hey, by the way, did you change the password to our Bang Bros account? Because I've been trying to use it all day to log in, but I can't seem to figure it out. Thanks. Timothy, no, I, I didn't change the password to that. Um, I, I'm i a browser's guy. Well, we'll see where this journey takes me. In the meantime, Timothy, listeners, I'll see you.